Blog Talk Radio. Hey everybody, this is Tristan Nunez, driver of the 7-0 Skyactiv Mazda prototype, and you're listening to Thursday Night Thunder on the Speedway Digest Radio Network. Hello and welcome to the March 7th edition of Speedway Digest Thursday Night Thunder, the most hardcore motorsports program on the internet. This is episode 155 of the series. I'm your host, Adam Jason Sinclair, and on tonight's program, Michael Mullally and myself will be previewing the Grand Prix of St. Petersburg, as well as whatever other motorsports news pops into the conversation. The 8th annual Cart for Kids Pro-Am race was held in downtown St. Petersburg on March 6th at 3 p.m. within the footprint of the Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg, IndyCar driver and St. Petersburg resident Sebastian Bourdais and Porsche factory driver Patrick Long headlined the event. Previous participants also include Scott Dixon, Helio Castroneves, Tony Kanon, Ricky and Jordan Taylor, and more from IndyCar in the World Champion Challenge Championship Racing Series. They will join local amateurs to race around a temporary cart track on the airport runway. In the race's seven years, more than $411,000 has been raised to provide critical patient care equipment for John Hopkins All Children's Hospital. Proceeds from the 2018 race funded three portable EEG units and an ECMO unit. We are so grateful for the support of the drivers, sponsors, spectators, and planning committee that make Cart for Kids the second largest community fundraiser for the foundation, said Janine Raven, Executive Vice President, Johns Hopkins All Children's Foundation. Each year, the funds raised from this event allows us to purchase several important pieces of equipment necessary to deliver the best care for the toughest pediatric cases. Additional sponsors of the event include Firestone, Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg, IndyCar, Anderson Race Park, Cardio Access, Burt Smith, Source CSI, The Dickman Company, Pinstripe Marketing, Rally Stores, Reeves Porsche, and Suncoast PCA. Cart for Kids Incorporated is a 501c3 organization established to raise money for John Hopkins All Children's Hospital for organizing for the Cart for Kids program cart race. The all-volunteer staff means that all children receive all proceeds of net direct race expenses. Now, in its eighth year, the program cart race was started in 2012 under the memory of IndyCar driver and St. Petersburg president Dan Weldon, who tragically perished in a racing accident. Starting with American Porsche factory driver Patrick Long as its only professional driver in the first race, the race has been embraced by, supported by and supported by many of the best racing professionals in IndyCar, IMSA, and Pirelli World Challenge, among other series. Patrick has been joined by early supporter Sebastian Bourdais as the two featured drivers for this year. From its small start, the Card for Kids program, hosted by Anderson Race Park, featuring Sebastian Bourdais and Patrick Long, has become one of Johns Hopkins All Children's top third party fundraisers by donating $130,000 in 2018. For more information, please visit their website at cartforkids.org, like their Facebook page at Cart for Kids Program Cart Race, or follow the race on Twitter at Cart for Kids Program. We're going to be talking to one of the representatives of the of the Cart for Kids organization in about two minutes. So let's go ahead and take a brief musical interlude here while we're standing by for him to call in. Let's listen to Victory Lane. Yeah. 
Hi, this is Shay Holbrook from Larson Motorsports, Jet Dragster Driver in the IHRA Nitro Jam Drag Racing Series, and you're listening to Thursday Night Thunder on Speedway Digest Radio Network. Once again, that was Ron Passan and the Pit Crew with Victory Lane. We'd like to thank them once again for providing the music that we can use on this program on a weekly basis. We are now pleased to welcome Chris Russick of Carts for Kids into the Thunderdome, and thank you very much for coming on the program this evening. Hello, how are you doing hey, tonight? Hey, thank you for having me. I'm doing real well. I'm thank you. I'm having me on. You having a good time in St. Petersburg so far? Uh, it's fantastic. It's great down here. Good weather, good people. Having a great time. First off, I'd like to thank you very much for inviting me to participate in the race. Unfortunately, my schedule for this year wouldn't allow me to do so, but maybe next year. Um, who was the winner of the event yesterday? Uh, it was Pato Awards uh, team. They, uh, it was a group of young guys from... Uh, St. Pete uh, Racing for Anderson Racing Team. They uh, they took the win. Awesome. And how much money did you raise for charity this year? Uh, this year we're sitting right at around 167000 but some of the auction items didn't uh, meet the reserves, so we are uh, still offering some of them up for sale, and, um, and they're still available. So, uh, in fact, I just got word from uh, Sebastian that we – just sold uh, a rear tire assigned by all the drivers uh, just moments ago. Awesome. And can you tell us a little bit more about the charity and the, the, how the event got started to begin with? Yeah, absolutely. The, uh, so the event uh, started um, about uh, eight years ago, and uh, a couple of uh, Porsche PCA drivers uh, got together, and then they were remembering Dan Weldon. And thought that you know they should do something uh, in in his honor. He uh, was a big supporter of uh, the Johns Hopkins All Children's Foundation, and uh, as a result, the um, you know the the uh, Anderson Race team uh, got together and said, "Hey, we want in on that. Have it at our event uh, at our at our track." And uh, and it, there it was. It was started. Um, I believe the first year they raised. Uh, Right around eight thousand dollars, and um, and then I came into the fold about uh, two years ago, and uh, we've grown steadily ever since then. So ever since that first year, it's been a, a nice upward climb. Uh, last year, uh, the the cumulative total was uh, four hundred eleven thousand. So after this uh, this last event last night, it takes us well over five thousand uh, five hundred thousand dollars that we've donated to the charity. And growing up, who was your favorite race driver? Uh, that's a tough question. Uh, you know, I had a lot of uh, favorite uh, drivers. You know, in the 80s, you know, you're crazy if you're not an Andretti or a Schumacher fan. Uh, they're both living or yeah, both living legends. And uh, after that, of course, a, a Dan Weldon fan. He um, lived right around the street from me, and he's a he's a good old boy, good local boy. Uh, had a lot of opportunities to work with him uh, as a photographer. And um, and then now, of course, you know, uh, being part of the charity, a huge Bourdais fan. Um, you know. A fantastic passer, uh, in my opinion, uh, best guy on a road course. So, can't go wrong with Bourdais. Mm-hmm. And what's your favorite memory of the uh, of working with the event so far? Uh, favorite uh, memory, I'm sorry, of the event. Yeah, so far. Uh, the event. Wow. Um, geez, that's a that's a tough one. Um, I, you know, I, I got to say that seeing the kids win this year. Um, there's, there's to me no better story than kids racing for kids, um, you know, and not to be punny, but uh, they, uh, they, they just seeing them out there racing, 
um, you know, putting it to the uh, to the older guys who who are you know obviously great racing drivers in, in their own right, um, and and then coming out on top and winning the event. Um, that just it says a lot, um, and it you know gives me a lot of good hope for uh, for our next generation that they're they're going to be philanthropic and they're going to uh, you know hopefully do the right things and uh, and so that's you know that was really neat that was special for us this year. I'd like to throw you out to my co-host Michael Mullally, who has some questions for you as well. Absolutely, Michael. Hi. How are you? Okay. I'm good. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. So my first question is, what forms of racing intrigue you the most? Oh, geez. Um, you know, so I uh, I will race just about anything. I, I grew up racing sailboats, and I've raced triathlon for 15 years, um, and now I'm racing uh, autocross. So uh, really, uh, any anything that uh, that has wheels and can be raced, I'm happy to do it. Um, which is funny because I'm pretty uh, a pretty risk averse guy, but uh, no, I'm really enjoying the uh, the autocross lately. It's it's fantastic. And so far, what has been the organization's greatest accomplishment? Oh, you know, um, my opinion. I, I think that you would get uh, a lot of different answers for that one. Um, anything from you know preserving Dan Weldon's legacy to, um, you know, making sure that his kids are a part of the event every year. Uh, those are all great. Um, you know, obviously the money for the charities is wonderful. It, it helps a lot of kids. Uh, my personal uh, opinion on the matter, however, is that it's, it's really great to pick hardware that the hospital needs and purchase that, hosp- uh, that hardware for the hospital. So uh, last year we used the money to buy uh, an ECMO machine, and um, and three ECG units uh, that they needed. So you know, it's 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 not money that's just going into a fund, and you don't see what's going to happen to it. These all are tangible objects that the that the hospital needs and uses on a daily basis, and and it has a direct impact on saving children's lives. So that's that's special to me. And how do you decide which hospital you're going? Like, do you guys? switch it up every year or is there just one specific hospital that you donate to? That, that's a great question. No, we, we've, we've been asked uh, to, to donate to, to various different organizations. Um, and uh, that's been a, a topic of debate uh, um, among some members of our, of our committee, but we are committed to uh, Johns Hopkins all children's hospital at the moment. Um, Dan Weldon was a, a big supporter of, of Johns Hopkins all children's hospital. My son was born there. Um, you know, I know that uh, it, it holds a special place for a lot of uh, people in the in the community and on our and on our charity. Um, so we have, have no uh, no anticipation of changing that anytime soon. And my final question for you: um, It sounds like you guys are really successful. So, um, how much do you guys see your organization growing within the next couple of years? Yeah, that's another great question. Um, I see it growing a lot. Uh, this year was a little bit different in that we have youth ambassadors uh, from around the country. Uh, we have Paul Owens Jr. and Chase Viscalia. They both race in the quarter midget class up in um, in Pennsylvania. And they've got um, at least one of their races in their series 
Uh, they're going to do a pass the helmet, and the uh, proceeds from one of their events is going to uh, benefit all Children's Hospital through uh, the Carper Kids charity as well. So I do see um, other other children's uh, organizations getting involved and in racing on our behalf. Uh, that's that's I think a, a significant um, benefit to us. Uh, the other side is you know it's not just IndyCar. Yes, it is you know for IndyCar because. Uh, Sebastian's a, a tremendous supporter um, and, and one of our anchors, uh, but let's not forget uh, Patrick Long on the Insta side. Um, he's a he's a great supporter of ours. Uh, he's just on uh, the other coast, so we don't get to see him as as often, but he's an integral part as well. But being able to bring in uh, any and all other classes um, into into the fold is is uh, maybe a target that we look to uh, improve upon in, in future years to to bring in more revenue. Well, we'd like to thank you very much once again for coming on the program this evening. It's great to catch up with you. I know we tried to do that last year, but it didn't. the timing just didn't work out. And I hope to, to actually get to meet you this weekend when we're up in St. Petersburg for the race. It should be a good, great weekend of racing there. Thank you. I appreciate it. We, uh, we'll definitely look forward to meeting you this weekend. I'll make sure we do. And, uh, you know, the offer is always open for any of our future races. Adam, we'd love to have you. Awesome. Well, I'll try and make it work next season. Should uh, should be a pretty good thing. Thanks again. Sounds and have great. A great. Thanks night. for having me on. Hope you do too. Yeah, thank you. Bye bye. Once again, that was Chris Russick, one of the members of the committee on the Cart for Kids. He's also a racer in his own right, racing racing autocross as well as other different competitions. The 15th annual Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg is a race event held during Florida's spring break season each March. As the NTT IndyCar Series season opening race for the ninth consecutive year. St. Pete is a destination city hosting this annual Motorsports tradition and offering a festival atmosphere with its downtown location. The temporary circuit is a 1.8-mile, 14-current configuration using the streets of Circling Pioneer Park, the Duke, Center for, Duke Energy Center for the Arts, the Dowling Museum, and extend down the runways of the Albert Ridded Airport, which overlooks the waterfront of Tampa Bay and picturesque St. Petersburg Harbor and Marina. The Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg is owned and operated by Green Savare Racing Promotions, which also promotes three additional IndyCar races, the Honda Indy Toronto, which is held July 12th to the 14th, the Honda Indy 200 in Mid-Ohio, which is held July 26th to the 28th, and the Grand Prix of Portland, which is held from August 30th through September 1st. The weekend features six classes of motorsports to enjoy. The NTT IndyCar Series is the premier open-wheel racing series in North America. It offers one of the most diverse and challenging schedules in the motorsports with races held on oval, permanent road courses, and temporary street courses. The Road to Indy, presented by Cooper Tires, features some of the best up and coming competitors as they try to reach the pinnacle of open wheel racing America, the NTT IndyCar Series. Boasting over 100 drivers as graduates, the Road to Indy is comprised of, is comprised of three race series, including Indy Lights, presented by Cooper Tires, the Indy Pro 2000 Championship, presented by Cooper Tires, and the Cooper Tires USF 2000 Championship. The World Challenge Championship features top-tier production-based GT and touring car auto racing and doubleheaders for the Pirelli GT4 America and TC America Series featuring the TCR class. For more information about this weekend's event, Visit gpstpete.com, like their Facebook page, or follow the event on Twitter at gpstpete and Instagram using hashtag FirestoneGP. You can also look for, fire, for hashtag gpstpete, that's GP St. Pete.
Let's go ahead and take another short musical interlude here while we're getting ready for the next segment of the show. Let's listen to Speedway Lady. John Hunter Nemechek from Nimco Motorsports, and you're listening to Thursday Night Thunder on the Speedway Digest Radio Network. Are you a race car driver, crew chief, pit member, track owner? Maybe you're just a huge fan of the sport. Contact either Michael Mullally or myself to get your spot on the show. After all, you deserve your 15 minutes of fame. We'd love to hear from you. 
So this weekend, we're going to be up at the uh, Grand Prix of St. Petersburg, as we discussed briefly a few moments ago. Should be a great weekend of racing. They have a huge schedule going on with the track open from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It's open a little bit later on Saturday, like 5.30 p.m., because they're just interesting. That's what their track schedule gate hours are. But the track itself is open until after 6.15 p.m. on Saturday night, because there's when the last race is supposed to end, the TC Americas race. Um, and on Sunday, the TC Americas race is also after the IndyCar Series race, ending at 5.35 p.m. So you've got, let's see how many races each day. On Friday, tomorrow, the first big day of, of on-track action. They have the Indy Lights practice starting at 8.05 a.m., GT4 practice at 9.05 a.m., TC Americas practice at 9.55 a.m., IndyCar Series practice at 10.45 a.m., U.S. Formula 2000 practice, the first race of the weekend is at 11.45 a.m. tomorrow. Autograph session for the IndyCar Series is at 12.30 p.m. tomorrow. That'll be at the Firestone Fan Experience. The first race of the Indy Pro 2000 Series will be at 12.40 p.m., so either you make it to the autograph session or you make it to the, you watch the IndyCar, the Indy Pro Series race. Uh, qualifying for Indy Lights will be at 1.35 p.m. tomorrow. Second practice for the NTC IndyCar Series will be at 2.20 p.m. tomorrow. Autograph session for the Formula 2000 will be at 3 p.m. Then the practice for the GT4 Series is at 3.20 p.m. Autograph session for the Indy Pro and the Indy Lights is at 3.45 p.m. TC America's practice is at 4.10 p.m. tomorrow. And then they've got a, a 5K run happening between 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. tomorrow night. Saturday will also be a busy weekend, busy day of action on track. That will be when I arrive at the track. Um, the Indy Lights qualifying is at 8.30 a.m. Probably won't make it in time for that. Uh, GT4 qualifying is at 9.15 a.m. Might make it in time for that one. Uh, qualifying for the TC Americas is at 9.50 a.m. The IndyCar Series practice is at 10.25 a.m. Definitely be there for that one. The Indy Pro 2000 race, first race of their weekend on Saturday, takes place at 11.25 a.m. USF 2000 race is at 12.20 p.m. Autograph session for the GT4 and TC Americas is at 1 p.m. That'll be in the World Challenge paddock, which is located close to where the where our seats are going to be, sort of off, uh, off turn two near the Albert Wood Airport there. If you've been to the racetrack, you'll know exactly where it is. If you haven't, it's a uh, it's a pretty open area to get to. It's pretty fun. Uh, their security is a little weird in that section of the track, but just be aware of that because you will have to go through a different gate because of the way the parking situation is at that facility. Uh, Indy Lights race, uh, first race of the weekend is at 1.15 p.m. Qualifying for the NTT IndyCar Series, which is, is always a really interesting event. That's at 2.30 p.m. on Saturday. First race of the GT4 Series is at 4 p.m. on Saturday, and then the TC Americas race, as I mentioned a few moments ago, is at 5.15 p.m. on Saturday. Sunday will be a, another busy day at the track, which is always good. Um, the NTT IndyCar Series warm-up is at 9.20 a.m. That's a 30-minute warm-up, warm-up thing. Uh, Indy Lights is at 10.05 a.m., their second race of the weekend. GT4 second race is 11.20. And then they have the driver introductions starting at 1 p.m. for the IndyCar Series, and the race starting at 1.40 p.m., running until 4.30 p.m. Shortly after that race, like five minutes after, uh, is the TC Americas race, which takes place at 4.35 p.m., runs for about an hour. I'm not certain if I'm going to stay for the TC Americas race, at least that, that second race of the weekend. It uh, really depends on the, on the schedule, how we feel, and everything else. Um, but I should be there for most of the IndyCar Series race. I'm going to be there both Saturday and Sunday. I hope to try and run into a few different people, including Mr. Russick there, who we talked to a moment ago, as well as some of the other drivers we've talked to in the past. Um, Eric Powell, who was one of the drivers from the uh, from the the former 
show, the stunt show they had at the Disney's Hollywood Studios. He'll actually be there at the at the race this weekend, running in the TC Americas race. I believe he races in a Subaru. Look that up on on his Facebook page. Um, as well as Robbie Foley, he'll be there doing some some teaching. And a few other past guests on the program will also be be hanging out around the paddock area. I'm not sure if Gabby Chavez will be there. I know he had a uh, he got a really good deal when they bought out his contract, uh, so he'll be there. He'll be uh, actually getting paid for not even being at the track this week, so that's kind of cool. Um, good deal if you can get it. So anyway, um, also the uh, more news today was the fact that Pato Award, who's a, a past guest in this program, I believe he's been on like three times now, is going to be racing for Carlin Racing starting at their next event at the uh, at the Circuit of the Americas in Houston, just outside of Houston. He'll be racing 13 races of the season. He is going. The only race he's scheduled to miss really is this first one, and that's just because the timing didn't work out for the uh, his whole Harding uh, Steinbrenner racing issue. So that's just how that thing works sometimes. I know he uh, he is a pretty awesome guy. He's a great spokesman for the sport, and it's kind of unfortunate how that whole Harding Steinbrenner thing worked out. But uh, hopefully, it works out really well for Carlin. I know that he, he'll be teaming up with Max Chilton. Max Chilton is also a past guest in this program. So that should be pretty neat. I don't know how, how that's going to work out considering he hadn't had any practice in the in the car there for for the uh Carlin racing, but it should be pretty good. He's a really fast learner and he's able to pick up really quickly. So you gonna be watching any of the Grand Prix of St. Petersburg this weekend? I would like to but it is it's hard because we don't at our house we don't have T V. We have a fire stick but it doesn't work half the time. So I would have to go to my parents' house which I've been better at going to my parents' house to watch some of the races. So I'm gonna try. So we'll cool. have to see how it works out. If I mean not, I'm sure you can update me. I'm pretty sure the coverage is going to be on the uh, on NBC. Uh, there'll probably be a little bit of coverage on NBC, NBC Sports Network as well. And I know they have uh, full coverage on NBC Gold, their online online service there. They had actually had coverage on there today um, of some of the practice and stuff on there. So it's a lot of lot of uh, good stuff going on in the IndyCar series. Uh, a lot of lot of great people racing there. It should be a really really good weekend of racing. The weather's going to be great. Uh, it's going to be in the mid 70s. Um, at least uh, for most of the day, there was a chance of going up into the 80s. Um, it's supposed to be a light breeze. So it would be a lot better than it was a few days ago. It was like 50 degrees here um, and in the 40s over there. So it should be a really good weekend for racing, and hopefully it's a real safe race. I know they've had some problems there in the past. So it should be safe, should be good. Uh, the fact that uh, that Robert Wickens is going to actually show up for the, for the race there is kind of cool. Uh, it'll be the first IndyCar race he'll... He'll have been at since his, his devastating accident there where he, he lost the use of his legs and he wasn't able to move his arms for most of last year and it was pretty bad. It was bad. But now he's actually able to stand up. He's able to move his legs fairly efficiently with, with assistance and hopefully he'll uh, he'll have a good weekend there at, at St. Petersburg. Uh, hopefully we get a chance to talk to him at least briefly. Um, whether we actually get to, get to go to the driver's meeting, which we're planning on doing on Sunday, or whether we just see him at at the Firestone event on Sunday, later in the day, I think it's 10 o'clock in the morning, we're going to have like a little meet and greet thing. Um, 
should be pretty good. Uh, hopefully he's doing well. I know he's, he's planning on doing some strategy work for the team this weekend. And uh, that could be the future that he has in racing. Uh, you never know. But it'll be cool. It'll be a great thing to see him there. He's doing really well compared to where he was after his accident. So kind of cool. He seems like a neat guy. Um, it's really unfortunate what happened to him. But hopefully this is the first major step in his recovery. So who's your favorite going into IndyCar this year? I'm not really sure. I'm so far behind with, like, everything. But I did see that um, picture or that article, I should say, you posted of Mr. Pato Ward on our page. Mm So I would have to say probably him because he looks kind of adorable. <laughs> you just have a thing for younger men, that's what it is. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's a really nice guy too. He's awesome. He's a, he was nice to talk to and he's always been nice to the track when we ran into him there. So he's a pretty cool guy and he's he loves to win. I think that's the, the big thing about his whole career. If he doesn't if he doesn't think he's going to win, he's not gonna be in the race. And I think that's part of the reason why he didn't want to start out this weekend just jumping into a car that he has no experience with whatsoever. I think he wants to at least have some chance of running it probably at, uh, like Monday or Tuesday. He'll run a little bit and maybe the following week, Monday or whatever, before he has the race there the following weekend in uh, in Coda. But he is a uh, he's definitely a winner. He's a pretty good guy, and hopefully he has a really good year in, in IndyCar this year. I think that's a, that's a good good choice. Um, as far as this weekend, though, I'll have to go with uh, probably go with Sebastian Bourdais because he he will make him a repeat winner at the track. This would be his third victory at uh, the Grand Prix of St. Petersburg if he's able to do that. And it seems like because of the fact that he's a local guy, even though the track is a temporary circuit, he has a little bit of extra extra oomph behind him when he's there at the uh, racing in St. Petersburg. Um, that might not be the case in qualifying, though, because I know then qualifying it seems that the uh, that uh, Team Penske has a really big advantage when they do the qualifying there in St. Petersburg. So that's always a chance, too. But... Um, I do think that, that Bourdais has a better than average shot at winning the race again this year. That'd be cool. How did they come up with the outline of the track? Like how did the outline originally come about? Well, I saw that the there was a, a thing on that earlier today posted on, on Twitter by somebody that uh, that Bob Varsha himself retweeted out. Apparently the, the first race that was held there at St. Petersburg was nineteen eighty five. And they uh, they laid it out there in the downtown area because the the airport it wasn't at that point it wasn't as busy of an airport as it is now so they used it and then they also had a little bit of the downtown area some of the streets there right along the along the bay and the, the little bit in the park so that all sort of connected together it makes it a a pretty good pretty good track for the cars it makes it really fast um, it also makes it difficult at times because there's there's trees and all sorts of stuff around it and and in the the past couple of years there's been more than a couple of squirrels that have committed suicide in front of the Indy cars. So that's always, that's always kind of scary there. Um, but plus they have, they have issues with some of the, some of the street repairs and things. Um, I noticed a picture on there earlier today of some, some concrete pieces coming off from around a, a manhole cover. So, but like any street circus, they're going to have issues. And I'm sure the Indy car will, will address that before the, the real racing starts tomorrow. So, but it's kind of cool. It's kind of neat to see a downtown race. Um, 
I've seen the went to the one in downtown Miami several times, and that's pretty awesome. I went to the one here in in downtown West Palm one time when they had that. Uh, it was pretty cool too. I do think there should be more more downtown events. Um, race tracks are awesome. Race tracks are neat and everything else. But when you bring the the race cars to a city streets, it, it's just something special to see. So. And it should be a, an interesting event, too, because of the fact that it's it's right there downtown. They're going to have probably more than 100,000 people for this weekend. Uh, they've had that the past couple of years, so it's always been kind of neat. Um, I thought it was interesting last week when we talked to Steve Bidlack, where he talked about the fact that it's sort of the, the Monaco Prix of North America. I wouldn't really go that far. Um, if you see the marina, you'll you'll understand why. There's not exactly the, the multi-million dollar boats in the marina, although there are quite a few quite a few amazing vessels there there there's also quite a few that are they're a little bit uh, a little bit cheaper than some of the the boats you see in monaco but it's, i get the reference um so that's kind of interesting um i think it'll be a good race i think it'll be uh, it'll be cool to see the sro sro classes there the the tc and the gt4 uh, because there have been some changes there in the in the pirelli world challenge paddock over the off season It'll be also be neat to see the the uh, road to indeed cars because those have changed. They haven't changed as much the uh, the power plants. But they have changed the sponsors. They changed the the way that the the uh, this series is organized a little bit. So that'll be neat to see that. And there's a lot of new people racing this year. A lot of uh, a lot of new new talent in the in the paddock area. And that's always cool to see how those people are and uh, and say that you knew them. You saw them when they first started run, started out in the series and. When they become a household name, you'll, re- you'll remember that, that you saw them first there at, at the Grand Prix of St. Petersburg. So what's new in your your racing schedule for this year? Um, well, there's talk of our track opening back up. Actually, there's supposed to be another meeting about it. From my understanding, this person would be leasing the track for this year, and then depending on car count and fans and just how everything goes, would determine if this person buys the track next year. So that's kind of new. Um, Last weekend, we went to, it was called Spring Fest, but it was just a bunch of import cars and Lamborghinis and just cars from literally everywhere. Um, They all showed up, and they ran on the road course. The event was held at Pacific Raceway, so they got to run on the road course, and the drag strip wasn't prepped in time, which kind of was a little bit disappointing. But that was pretty cool. And then, um, not this weekend, but next weekend, we will be heading over to Seattle again for Supercross, in which I will be passing out my cards. So I'm hoping to get us a couple guests there. But, yeah, so a lot of spectating as of right now. But if our track will be open, um, then that will hopefully give us some inspiration to get some cars ready and 
go out and tear stuff up. Cool. Should be a, uh, yeah. I know that the the season's really starting to starting to ratchet up here as well. There's the this weekend at the Grand Prix of Saint Petersburg. Uh, next weekend is the both the NHRA Gator Nationals in Gainesville and the the Super Sebring is what they're calling it this year. They've got the two races at the at the Sebring International Raceway on Friday and Saturday. The 12 hours on Saturday, the 1,000 miles on Friday. That should be interesting. Um, we're not, unfortunately, but right now, anyway, <laughs> we're not planning on going to either of those races, but, but it should be a, a busy weekend of racing next weekend here in, in Florida. Um, it should be a pretty good thing, too. I know there's been some, some talk about the uh, Palm Beach International doing a little bit of adjustment to their schedule, but what I've seen isn't exactly... Uh, Earth-shattering. Uh, they've got the Super Chevy show coming back this year, which is always cool, but, but it's not my not my deal. Um, I wish that they'd have more more events on the road course and that sort of stuff there, but it's just how it goes. Um, so, hopefully, things improve at the local level here in in the Palm Beach thing. But I'm happy to say that a lot of events happen in Florida this few weeks, so that should be pretty cool as well. Did you watch any of the the NASCAR race last week and see your your boyfriend Joey Logano win again? <laughs> he just doesn't know it yet. We gotta spread the word that he makes a big mistake. <laughs> but, okay. but no, um, last weekend I was in Seattle for that mm-hmm. that event, but. I think it's going to be a good season for NASCAR. I think NASCAR is already off to a good start, really, and I think it's going to be a good season for them. Yeah, it should be. I know that the the attendance is still a little off compared to what was last year, especially in in some of the big events. But it, it seems like they've got they've got something going. The the the, uh, the current package is pretty good, and the uh, the competition level seems to be pretty good so far. So we'll see how it goes by the end of the year. Um, I know that there's there's definitely some some underlying issues that we talked about in this program several times about the with the whole world of motorsports and the changing demographics and all that. But it seems like IndyCar is going off is going to be a have a good start. It seems like NASCAR had a good start at least so far this year. Um, the major news from NASCAR this past week is the fact that they're they're going to move their their award ceremony from Las Vegas to Nashville, Tennessee. Now that's a uh, an interesting move. I don't think that all the drivers are really keen on the fact they're moving to Nashville, uh, but Nashville is a a major uh, growth area, especially for NASCAR, uh, with the the races they have there at the at the Nashville Speedway, the truck and the and the uh, the Xfinity races. So um, you never know how that goes. I know Ty Gibbs there, who's the the grandson of Joe Gibbs. He's hoping that they they move it back to New York because I think he'd probably have more fun in New York than he would in in Nashville. Um, I know there's other drivers who have a lot more fun in in Las Vegas than they'd ever have in Nashville, Tennessee. But Nashville is an amazing spot. It's a, it's a growing city. There's a lot of cool stuff going on there in downtown. So it'll be interesting to see how NASCAR, NASCAR handles that move, um, whether they, in, they uh, include some of the stuff at, from Bristol to, uh, to do some changeovers where they actually move one of the cup races to Nashville. I know they have a couple tracks there in the, around the city that they can race in. So that'll be interesting as well. Yeah. What about the um, NHRA? Have you been following that? Like, have you 
well, been following that lately? Just a little bit. Not a not a whole lot. I know they've had another race coming up. The like I said, the the Gator Nationals comes up in about two weeks, so that should be good. That's always a a, a fast track there at the Gator Nationals. It'll be it'll be different to see how the whether the final rounds are better than the past few final rounds have been. Um, because it it seems like at the last uh, last couple national events they've had some major issues in one of the lanes and the only only one lane has made it anywhere down the track, um, and also with the speed because at Gainesville Gainesville is really really fast. Gainesville last year the only car that or the only motorcycle that made over 200 miles per hour was Hector Arana Jr. He made it in the the pass there on Saturday morning at the track at, uh, in Gainesville. So we'll see if any other motorcycles are able to to crack the 200-mile-per-hour barrier this year, or whether it's just going to be Hector Arana Jr. holding the 200-mile-per-hour banner for more than a year. Um, so you never know. I know that the weather is supposed to be okay, at least the extended forecast is supposed to be okay for that. Um, the past few years has been been a little cooler, um, been a little wet. So there has been a lot of rain uh, in that part of the state anyway this year, but, but it looks like it'll be high and dry for the next few weeks, so that should be great. Who's your uh, your favorite driver in the National Hot Rod Association? You know, I have a couple favorites, but I think I would still have to go with Antron Brown. He's been my all-time favorite for a while, but I don't know. I've got a couple favorites. I'm not Brittany Sports isn't really a favorite. I mean, I feel like the fourth family is just kind of grandfathered in, you know. But mm-hmm. I feel like everybody admires them. They're not really my favorite, but, you know, I don't mind them. But I, I think it will definitely be interesting to see what Brittany does in Funny Car this year. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a, uh, there's some changes going on in the NHRA as well with the fact that the, some of the teams are, are are consolidating. We talked about that a little bit with the fact that the uh, that Schumacher isn't racing this year, and uh, and there's also a couple other drivers were who have changed around and and things have been been compressed. Uh, Talking about John Force racing, they lost the when uh, when Force there decided not to race this year. Um, so that's a uh, that's a whole different issue. Um, it is definitely something to see that their their sponsorship is having a little bit of a little bit of a, a shift as well um but i think a lot of that's just the fact that the the uh, the economy isn't quite as strong at least in certain sectors as it has been the past couple of years and uh, and plus the the fact that people aren't aren't tuning in quite as much on television anyway for some of the races and that uh, that brings down some of the some of the advertising money so that causes a little bit of a a uh, a retreat in the in the amount of teams, but it should be a uh, should be a pretty good race there in Gainesville next weekend. I'm looking looking forward to at least watching it on TV. Hopefully, it's uh, the weather's good for the people who travel up there, and it uh, it's an amazing another amazing weekend of racing. It should be a really great weekend this weekend, and we're looking forward to to meeting as I stated some of the people we've we've talked to on this show and and emailed and corresponded with in the past as well should be a really good weekend and we're hoping to have a nice time up there in St. Petersburg. 
be sure to check out past episodes of Thursday Night Thunder, as well as the other shows on the Speedway Digest Radio Network at SpeedwayDigestRadioNetwork.com. You can also check out the show on Facebook by searching for Speedway Digest Thursday Night Thunder in the search bar. I also invite you to read the articles covering all aspects of our sports at SpeedwayDigest.com. I've really been trying to keep up with that the past few weeks, so there's been at least a couple articles per day on the racing news section I put out there. I also did some articles on the Speedway news section, which is basically information about the, about tracks and that sort of thing. So be sure to check that out at SpeedwayDigest.com. In addition, if you're a fan of South Florida Hinduism, be sure to check out the latest news and information about our slice of paradise at Palm Beach Happening, which can be found by visiting, visiting palmbeach.havingmag.com. We've done some some uh, coverage recently about the Palm Beach Zoo and their new their new animals we've got going out there. Uh, there's also been a lot of information about the city of West Palm because they've got their their spring events going on, and they've also got some new uh, new things going on in development downtown. So be sure to check that out at palmbeach.happingmag.com. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to seeing you again next week in the Thunderdome as we discuss the major issues in the world of modern auto racing. Have a great night, and thanks again.